Welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Ruth Browning. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. Praise God. Great to be in church again. Love being in church. I love being in this church. <laughs> so, as you know, I like to go for walks. I went for a walk in the mountains a couple of weeks ago with Linda, and she asked a good question. I like a good question. She said, What comforts you? And for a moment, I, I no, I couldn't think of anything. You know, I just thought, oh, what comforts me? And, and then I thought about it and I, I had some answers. And I thought my answers were so good, I'm going to share them with you. And that's my message this morning. <laughs> what comforts me? <laughs> because maybe it might comfort you as well. And uh, we need comfort sometimes, don't we? As I looked in the Word of God, there's so much in the Word of God about comfort because this is a sad old world sometimes. It's a bit tough. A bit tough for... A, for the world, a bit tough for us. It's full of sin and sadness and all sorts of problems. And sometimes we get affected by them, those things. And sometimes we, we sort of do those things and then we need comfort just about our very selves. That's not much fun. So all kinds of things happen. And as you're sitting there, you're probably thinking of some of those things that have happened to you. Maybe you feel like you need a bit of comfort right now. There's always something. There's always something. So... What comforts me? I'm going to share this with you. And I so want you to be able to access comfort in life and feel, feel loved and feel encouraged and feel like you can carry on through all the ups and downs and the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. So number one, the number one person that comforts me is God. 2 Corinthians 1.3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of, the, of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which, which, with which we ourselves are comforted. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our comfort always abounds through Christ. That little Two or three verses there has the word comfort, consolation, which is the same word, about 10 times. About 10 times is God comforts. He is the God of all comfort. All comfort. He, it, he's, he's in charge of all comfort. He's, he's the God of all comfort. He is, he, that means he's in charge of it all. He decides where it comes from. He, he's the initiator of it all. And he so wants to comfort us. He, he says in Isaiah, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Now, most mothers know that you, you've got to hold yourself back sometimes from comforting. Sometimes when the child's being naughty and you, you secretly want to comfort them, but you know, no, I'm not going to give them a cuddle yet. I'll just wait a couple of minutes until they learn the lesson. And you just, you just, you just want to give them a hug. You've got to st- when you're a mum, you've got a mother's heart, you just you want to comfort all the time. You, you, you want to spoil them, but you know you can't. And God has that same heart. He put that heart in mothers. Where do you think it comes from, that, that parental love that we have? 
It comes from God. He created us with that same love. And he is the same. He just, he loves to comfort us. In Isaiah, he says, I, even I am he who comforts you. I'm the one that comforts you. I love that, that he, he longs to be that one who comforts us. And Jesus said in Matthew, blessed are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. The word blessed there is actually makarius, which means happy. Translated happy in other places. There's two words for blessed. One's good word and one's makarius, happy. So it's actually saying happy are those who are sad. If, if he says you're happy if you're sad. It's kind of like you're, you're happy if you're sad because you will be comforted. And it's almost as if if you're, if you're really sad, if you're, feeling, if you're feeling a struggle and you understand that God is your comforter, it's almost good. It's almost good because you're, you're going to get comforted from God. Says, wow, you, you, if, you're, if you're struggling, you're going to be comforted. And that's what he said before. He said when our sufferings abound, the comfort abounds too. So sometimes we think, but it's just too hard. It's like, well, you've got God. He's going to comfort you even more, even more. So he wants to soothe us. He wants to be near us. He wants to, to love us because he's good. He's just a good father. And that's what a good mum and a good dad do. They love to comfort their children. So I, I, my prayer for you this morning is that you, you know that he's a good father and you know where to go when you need comfort. You know that you can go to God. He's going to love you and comfort you and soothe you and be with you. He uses different ways to comfort us. So number one is God, but number two is God's people. He uses people to comfort us. Sometimes it's just a, a hug, just the right smile. Sometimes I just think about some people and I feel better. <laughs> I just think about someone. I think, oh, <laughs> they just make me feel good because they're so beautiful. A lovely visit from the right person. Paul said in Corinthians 7, 6, but God who comforts the downcast. You know when you start looking up a, a verse in the Bible, this word is in the Bible so much. I couldn't, it's everywhere. There's so much comfort in the Bible. It, it, it wasn't hard to find a lot to preach about. God who comforts the downcast comforted us by the coming of Titus. His presence was a comfort so the, and so was the news he brought. It was a comfort that he received from you. He told us about your longing for me, your deep sorrow, your, your ardent concern for me, so that my joy was greater than ever. Because if I caused you to be sorry by my letter, I'm glad that you repented. So Paul wrote a tough letter to them, you know, a bit of tough love. And he was so comforted when Titus came. He said, no, they received it. They love you. They're so grateful. And he was like, oh, Titus made him feel good. And I hope we're all those kind of people, you know, that someone, when you visit someone or when you go and see them, that you've got good news and they go, oh, I just felt so good after I saw that person. They comforted me. That's the kind of person we want to be. And he brought good news. It's, 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 it's horrible when people say, oh, they don't like you. Why not? It's like, oh, what, what, what? It can make you can feel horrible. But if someone says, oh, that person, they really like you. They think you're great. That's what they said about Paul. And Paul goes, oh, that's good. I feel better. And so we can comfort one another with our, with our words and with our presence and just by, by being godly, beautiful people and finding the best in each other and encouraging one another. We need to encourage each other every day, every day. There's so many things that, that happen that can pull us down, that can make us feel bad. I was talking to someone just before the service and at their place of work, someone wrote a letter, you know, had a complaint, and, but they didn't even, and then the letter got sent through to management and it was like, you know, and managers, oh, you know, there's always this sort of vibe, you know, when people complain and 
like one letter it really can get to you. And she was saying, oh, it made me feel a bit down. And then one of her co-workers just said, oh, there's always people like that. They're just stupid. She felt, she sort of, yeah, she felt better. It was like, it's kind of like a word from God. People are just stupid sometimes. You can't, you can't take notice of what everyone says. Someone's always going to grumble about you. So, you know, that, that comforted her. A good prophecy can comfort us. 1 Corinthians 14, you can all prophesy one by one that all may learn and that they may be comforted. So we prophesy sometimes in church. We hear from God. We, we minister a word from God and it can comfort us and make us feel, oh, wow. And I thought about one of my favourite prophecies that we ever had. And it was a man called Peter Morrow, who was a beautiful, godly man from New Zealand. And he he came to church when we were down with, at Pastor Phil's church and Pastor Phil called us up because we were going to Russia. So he said, oh, here's this young couple. And Phil was like, yeah, this young couple are going to Russia. And I, always, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know if he prophesied for long over us. I only remember this one statement. And the statement was, <clears throat> he says, oh, right, okay. Oh, oh, look at these two. They're a cracker couple. Any non can see that. And I just, I have never forgotten that, that we are a cracker couple and any non can see that. And because and, and, he didn't know us, you know, he just looked at us and he was just a man of God and he just, that's what he said. And sometimes, you know, over the years of pastoring, some people haven't perhaps thought we were so wonderful. And, and deep down inside of me, you know, and they sort of say things, I think, any non can see, I mean, you know, we're not that bad. Like, and honestly, it really encourages me. Like any, you know, so they say, oh, I mean, yeah, well, any non can see what we're really like. So then it really encourages me. So you need to get a good prophet. And sometimes the short ones like that are good. So, you know, those of you who, who have that gift of prophecy, stir it up. You know, the Bible says we can have two or three every service. Come on and, and prophesy over people because you never know. Like I bet he didn't know when he said those words to us 25 years ago at the front of the service. And he's dead now. He's with Jesus. Oh, he's such, he was such a darling. I remember he, he was a pastor too and he, got a, he opened his front door once, just opened his front door and this crazy man, I don't know if he'd left his church recently, but anyway, <laughs> a crazy man attacked him. What's that? Oh, he counselled him and he obviously didn't like the advice. Anyway, he got ta- attacked with an axe, I think it was a terrible attack. Anyway, and he was just at the front door being attacked and his son raced down and there was a scuffle. And it, but, you know, he... He was healed, but he, he had issues with his body after that because of this terrible attack. But a beautiful man of God, you know, lovely, served the Lord and on, on to be with Jesus now. And he encouraged me. When I see him in heaven, I'll say, thank you for that word. I loved it. Any non can see that. So God's people, we are you one of the ones that comfort and encourage sometimes, you know, we need that comfort and encourage, but it says that when we receive comfort from God, we can give it. So, just you know, sometimes you want it. Sometimes, like, I want someone to encourage me and comfort me, and there's no one there. And that is sometimes good for you. I always remember once I had a classic example where I felt a bit down. I was like, I'm a bit down. And I went, come on, you know. And, and you've got to be smart about it. There's no point sitting at home feeling down. So I thought, I'll ring this particular friend of mine. She's very godly, and she will encourage me. She always does. She's just a lovely woman. So I rang her up, and I said, hey. And I just you know, to be polite, said, how are you? Because, you know, you, you don't launch straight into all your problems. And so then she just launched straight into all her problems, like, I just feel really... And she was, you know, she was struggling. And so for the next half hour, I just listened, like, yeah, I, I know, I know. And I just laughed and encouraged her. And it was so funny because 
I got off the phone. She said, thank you so much. You've really encouraged me. That's fine. You know, she goes, it's amazing that you rang. I went, yeah, it is. <laughs> anyway, and I always I put the phone down. I thought, the funny thing is I actually feel really good now. I rang her to get comforted. I ended up comforting her because she needed me. And now I feel great. So <laughs> maybe that's the answer. Just forget about yourself and comfort others. So his people, people, beautiful people, comfort us and encourage us. Number three, his presence. His presence comforts us. Sometimes people aren't there for you. And sometimes they don't say the right thing. And sometimes it seems like nobody loves me. That's just the way it is. Let me encourage you with that. I believe that God arranges that. Because he wants us to learn not just to go to his people. That's good sometimes. But he wants us to learn to go direct to the source. So you will find that sometimes... We let you down. Sometimes your husband, your wife lets you down. Sometimes they don't mean to. They just seem to say the exact wrong thing. Does anyone ever have that? Just think, how, how do you think that could comfort me? Like, seriously, sometimes I'm like, what? I'm not talking about you, darling. I'm not, I was not looking in your direction. I was not even looking in your... No, no, I was not going to go there, darling. I wasn't going there. Chris is very strong on a mercy gift. He's a very gentle, merciful kind of guy. So, (laughs) but sometimes in fascination, I go, how in the world would that comfort me? Like, seriously. So you've got to go to God. And sometimes, you know what? No one's been through what you've been through, really. Sometimes it's very unique for you. You know, you feel like, well, you don't understand what I'm going through because this is, this, you know, this is my situation. And that's Okay. Because we need to know what it means to go to God. We need to know that because he is the God of all comfort. And he's a jealous God. He's actually a jealous God. He doesn't, you know, sometimes he, because he loves us so much. I mean, Chris wouldn't like it if I sort of just went, well, I'm just going to go over and get, you know, get Zach to comfort me. He seems like a nice guy. Although I don't know if I'd go to you either, Zach. No offence. But, But, you know, some nice, merciful, gentle man. Anyone? Anyone? (laughs) Michael Samuel put his hand up. So, um, but no, but Chris, well, Chris wouldn't. That's inappropriate. If I went to another man for comfort, I mean, I, I sort of don't do that. And so, you know, you, God feels like that a little bit sometimes. We constantly go to somebody says, "Come to me, come to me, come." He says, "Come, come, come to me." You know, when someone's not kind of doing it right, come to me. He is the Comforter, and He is always available, and He's always beautiful, and we've got to learn to look directly at him. We've got to learn to pray directly to him so that he can comfort us. We've got to learn what it means. It's not enough, you know, I sometimes, you know when you're with a friend and you're driving in the car, it's like, hi, yeah, hi, chat, chat, chat. It's kind of like this kind of relationship, side by side. That's a good relationship. But there's times when you've got to be able to just go eye to eye and look deep into someone's face. And a lot of people's relationship with God's a little bit like that. It's a little bit side to side. It's like, yeah, hi, God, oh, hi, yeah. I love you, oh, you know, and sort of just a quick sort of thing. It's, it's, not, it, it's, it's not deep. You've got to learn to go eye to eye. And I was pondering this the other day. I thought, why don't more people look at you direct, God? Like, why, why, are, they, why are they distant with you like that? Even though they believe in him, a little bit distant. And he said, because it's too real. And I went, oh, yeah, I get it. Because when you go right to God, he just sort of sees right through you like vroomph. There you are, completely exposed everything, and he, t- he sees everything. I find it sometimes. I go to pray, and I'm like, oh, go away for a bit because it's all here, isn't it, God? He's like, yeah, 
Like he just, everything. Here I am. There's no, you're naked. There's nothing. I can't hide. I can't pretend. I can't, I'm so holy God. Like really, I'm very amazing. It's like, okay, yeah. You, you can see everything. It's like, yeah. And so you've got to deal with that sometimes. You've got to work through that to get to God's comfort. You know, you might have to be a bit real with yourself, a little bit honest. Maybe confess the odd thing. Maybe admit the odd thing. But that's not a big deal because he's a loving father. It's just like a kid. You know, it's just like when your kids are naughty and you say, come and have a cuddle when they're little. Or even when they're big sometimes. <laughs> come, come and be close. Come and have a cuddle. It's like, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to do it. Like, what? What's going, you know, what's going on? Like, let's, come on, let's sort it out. Let's sort it out. What, what have you been doing? Nothing, mum, nothing. I remember my mother used to have this thing, and I couldn't do it, unfortunately, because of my scruples on honesty. But she said that if, you're, if you tell a lie, your tongue goes green. It was brilliant. It was so clever. Because she would say, who, who took the biscuits? My dad used to buy bucket loads. Like, you've got no idea how many Arnott's biscuits he bought. It was, it was bizarre. He bought them in bulk. So... Campbell's, he went to Campbell's Cash and Carry and he bought bulk Arnott's biscuits and he stored them downstairs. So we would go downstairs and just open a packet and just work our way through the biscuits. And, and Dad could never understand how we went through so many biscuits, but it was just it was a never-ending source of supply of Arnott's biscuits. So anyway, but, so we were always stealing biscuits and Mum would say, who took the biscuits? Who took the biscuits from downstairs? And we'd go, Hunter? No, I didn't. Ruth? No. Mark? No. We'd go through each one of us. Mariana? No. Right. You're going to have to stick your tongue out. And it was like, no, not the tongue. Because if you told a lie, your tongue went green. So she'd say, Mark, stick your tongue out. And you go, nah. Hunter, stick your tongue out. And you go, mm-mm. Ruth, stick your tongue out. And I go, mm-mm. Marianne, stick your tongue out. She stick your tongue out. And goes, Hunter, Ruth, you're telling a lie, aren't you? And you would go, how does she know? I didn't even stick out my tongue. And she knew it was green. I'm just like, this system is never fails. She was so clever. So, she was, so, you know, we had to sort through the green tongue and the lying and the biscuit stealing before the comfort came. You know, that happens. So maybe you've got a green tongue and you don't want God to see. Well, he knows, okay? He knows. If you've got a green tongue, you're trying to hide it from God, it ain't going to work. He's on to you. So maybe you're trying to hide things. Just, just stick your tongue out. Let him see that you've been doing your stuff and let him comfort you and love you. He, Jesus said this. Jesus said, It's expedient. It's good that I go away because if I don't go away, the comforter will not come to you. But if I leave, I will send him to you. The Holy Spirit is the comforter. They walked in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. The word comfort in the Greek is parakletos, parakalio actually, which means to call near. It just means call near. The word parakalio, comforter, is just to call near. It's to be close. It's comforting that we can be close. The Holy Spirit is called the Parakletos. That's his name, the called near one, because he's close. And just being close to him, because he's so beautiful, is comforting. You know how just being close to a really good person is comforting? So Jesus said, he's going to be even closer than I am. And he's the called near one. He'll be so close that you'll be comforted. So we get comforted when we call him near. He's already near. He's the Holy Spirit. He's the near one the called near one. And then interestingly, in 1 John 2, 1, it says, if anyone sins, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Well, it always pays to look up the Greek in these things. The word advocate, parakletos. I went, it's the same word. It's the same because, you know, you need a lawyer. You call, you, you call, them, call them up. I need a lawyer to come near and stand by me. It's the same thing. Called near to comfort. Called near to be on your side and with you. 
So isn't that beautiful that he, he is the comforter because he's near and we need to get that revelation in our hearts that we can have God, his presence near us and be comforted by that. Number four, his word comforts me. His presence comforts me. Ah, I love being in the presence of God. It's my favourite thing. His word comforts me. Romans, whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we through the patience and comfort, there's that word again, parakaleo, of the spirit might have hope. The Lord will comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. <laughs> what a classic word. He will comfort all her waste places. That's in Isaiah 51 verse 3. He comforts. Everybody's got a waste place in their life, don't they? Like a sort of a garbage bin or a, a desert area in your world. We've all got, we've got sort of areas that are nice, but then we've got these areas that say, like, I don't like this area. I don't, I don't want people to see this area. But it says that he comforts those very areas. That's why we can be real with him. He sees those very areas that are, that are not sort of working or they're not successful or they're just rubbish. And he comforts those areas. I love that about God. Sometimes we feel like he just comforts the good parts of me, but he comforts all the bad parts. And he, and, and he does that very often through his word. You go to the word of God and there is an answer. There is the exact scripture. And you think that, is, that speaks exactly to what I need. And I, t- I, I mean, I just get so comforted by that. I read the word and I go, oh, there it is. I'm going to use that word and say it over and over and over again. I was riding in the car the other day and with Linda and we were just saying scriptures. We just kept doing it. I'd say one, she'd say one, I'd say one. She, the whole trip, we just thought, how long can we keep doing this? Just, you know, scriptures that we remember, just saying verse after verse after verse after verse. It was a great conversation. We, you should have this conversation, not actually talking, just saying the word. And you, we just felt fantastic by the end of that. Just say the word of God over and over again. You feel, I feel good. I feel strong. The word's so powerful. We are comforted by his word. We're comforted by his word. Number five, I'm comforted by, believe it or not, his discipline. Psalm 23, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the, the rod, you know, is this thing of protection and sometimes we feel like we're being attacked but we've got a shepherd and he's got a rod and a staff so you could throw the rod or dong the wolf or deal with them and that's comforting it's comforting to know that someone is protecting us but also it's comforting to know there's discipline the staff you know they had that hook on it so if the sheep wanders off a little bit he just sort of hooks it around the neck get it a bit closer if it falls down a cliff he can grab it and pull it out or if it gets into the thorns that's comforting to know that there's discipline we know that with children they've seen it over and over again that the kids that are raised with no boundaries or they can do what they want or go where they want they're not the confident ones actually they're they're uncomfortable and they're they're fearful because there's no sense of boundary there's no sense of someone looking after them and I've seen these children now one friend in particular was raised with no boundaries she said she could do whatever she wants she go wherever she wants in in the suburb just and she struggled, as, a, as an adult, she, had, she struggled with fear so much. She had this feeling like, there's no, no one's looking after me. There's, no, there's nothing, there's no control, there's nothing. Whereas children who are raised with very clear boundaries and you're not allowed to do this and very strong discipline, they're often, they grow up and be confident because they know this is, this is the way it works. These are the boundaries. Mum and dad looked after me, God looks after me, I know where I'm allowed to go. It's comforting to know that 
in all sorts of scary places we end up going, that God will look after us and keep us safe and, and deal with enemies sometimes before we're even aware that they're there. That's comforting. Number six, his creation comforts us. So this very day that, I mean, I just love, I, you've got to get outside and look at what God is doing. You've just got to. If you don't, everyone, I find that I speak to people that have different places or ways that God speaks to them. I spoke to someone, she said that she, God shows her hearts everywhere. She just sees a little, like she'll see a little scratch in the, the rock and it'll be a heart or the shells will be in a heart shape or she just, everywhere she goes, she sees hearts. And it's like God saying, I love you. And, and other people get comforted by trees or leaves or everyone has a different thing that comforts them. And, you know, I just, I get comforted by a lot of things, but I do love birds and God speaks to me with birds. And that very day we were talking about comfort and we we're just driving along and then right in front of us, a regent bowerbird just flew across and it was God. I just went, oh, that was from God because I've been saying, this is what comforts me. Birds comfort me and it was like, wow, did you see that? Yeah, I saw that because it's black and gold. They're amazing. And then I knew it was God because I, I see, I love the way God does this. So I was preparing this message and I was literally writing this. I was thinking about this on Friday and I looked out my window and there I've got a particular tree which, which was, is actually not there anymore because um, someone decided to cut it down without me knowing about it. But this tree was there outside my window and it was really good. The birds particularly liked that tree, but it's, it's gone now. So if anyone would like to comfort that particular stump, feel free. But um, no, he's a really, I have a really good husband because he's very hardworking. You know how some husbands don't do anything? My husband's the opposite. He does everything. He's very hardworking and he zoop, 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 and he's cutting down all the trees and I can't, uh-huh. too late. That one's gone. So anyway, that was a great tree for birds, but it, it will grow. More light. Yes. Yes. More light. So anyway, that, yeah, that was just that one tree, but it was, I'm glad about the other trees. That one. Anyway, in that tree was sitting while I'm talking about the Regent Bowerbird that comforted me, a Regent Bowerbird, this black and gold bird in my garden. And they're quite, I mean, they're not super rare, but they're quite rare. This, this is the end of their boundary. You know, they don't go in Sydney. So this is the central coast and, and north. And so, which is why the Central Coast, by the way, is very good for birds because it's the end of the temperate, this boundary. A lot of our birds aren't in Sydney, which, you know, that's a good thing. But there it was, just sitting there, I'm like, oh, I just, I love that because it's a regent, you know, it's ruling in the place of a king until the king comes and there's all this meaning for me and it's encouraging. And you need to know how God comforts you in creation and it will be different for everyone. I read this lovely story about Smith Wigglesworth who his father and mother were very poor when he was young. And this is, you know, I guess 100, 150 years ago. And at the age of six, he had to go out all day long and work in the fields pulling turnips. And it would be a long day. The age of six, from dark until dark. We, we just, we don't know we're alive, do we? Honestly, it's like things were different in those days. So his dad would go out there too and his dad would be digging ditches. And both Smith and his father loved the birds. And he said that one morning he was digging a ditch and the ground was icy hard, and so it was very hard to dig it because it was icy. But he had to keep digging because he needed the money to feed his children. And he was, he was despondent. He said he was despondent. And a robin appeared and picked up a worm and ate it and sang because of the dirt that he dug up, found a worm, and he ate it. And then the robin sang a song of joyous praise. 
And Smith says, up until now, Father had been very despondent, but he was so entranced by the robin's lovely song of thanksgiving, he took fresh courage and began to dig with renewed vigour, saying, if that robin can sing like that for a worm, surely I can work like a father for, the good, for my good wife and our fine children. I'm just like, oh, it's so beautiful, you know, digging away for 10 hours a day and being encouraged by a bird singing. So God will comfort us in so many ways. And let's be sure that we're open to that wherever it is. And finally, he comforts us just with all the blessings that he has and will pour upon us. Paul says in Thessalonians that we will be with the Lord forever. We'll be with the Lord forever. And he says, comfort one another with these words. Comfort one another with these words. So even if sometimes on earth things are a little bit tough or hard or, you know, you're working in the fields for 10 hours and you're getting tired. Smith said he, as a child, a six-year-old, he'd say to his dad, he said, Dad, six o'clock seems such a long way away. You know, he's working in the field. I just can't even imagine a six-year-old working in the fields all that, all that time. So it's such a long way away. And his father said, yes, son, but it always comes. Like, okay, okay, you know, keep working away. But, but, you know, sometimes even if we find it hard to be comforted in life, remember, this is temporary. This is just a temporary season. And we're going to be in heaven. We, we're going to be with him forever. And it will just be glorious and amazing. And all the best things that you can imagine that are here on earth, the, the creativity, the food, the love, the smiles, that's all going to be in heaven. But all the suffering and the difficulties, that's not coming. So heaven's going to be pretty good. It'll be lovely. And we can comfort and encourage one another with, that, with those thoughts that we'll be with the Lord forever. So there's some things that comfort me. You might have some of your own things. But I pray this morning that you're comforted and that you know the comforter. You know God who wants to comfort you. You know him as a comforter, as a God who looks after you and loves you. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.